Okay, Amar, we are here. Get more at bats. And we have an interesting one because this is more of a life's lesson. You, know, you and I are both 45 years old. We've been selling for 20 some years. We've been sales professionals, multi-time founders, and we've learned the hard lesson around a concept. So I'm going to tee up the concept. And then what you're going to do is uh, interpret the concept as you see it. And then I'm going to interpret the concept as I see it. So the concept and if I had a time machine to tell my 22-year-old self something, that concept would be to stay in your lane. That is, that, And that could be interpreted so many different ways. So I'm going to tee up that concept. Stay in your lane. You as a sales professional, stay in your lane. Amar, what does that mean to you? Tell some stories and I'm going to do the same. Yeah, so for, from my perspective, stay in your lane is really all about the 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 statement that slow and steady wins the race. So if you look at a lot of account executives today or account managers today, Jamie, there is a huge popularity in trying out multiple uh, prospecting techniques. I'll just call them that, right? Um, so they'll one day they'll try this, the next day they'll try some magic template that they found, the next day they'll try something else, then they'll be a software tool. And there's just a myriad of things that they're chasing in order to find the magic bullet in order to just open a door in an account, because that's the, that's the hardest part, right? It's how to open the door. But if you're slow and steady, if you stay the lane of following a simple process or a methodology, you will win over time. And this really reminds me of something that Jamie, you and I have seen which is in another popular podcast, when entrepreneurs are asked, well, if you could do this all over again, would you? Um, or would you just invest in index funds, for example, that average 10, 12 percent? Yeah, the concept was, would you take your yeah, would you take your winnings from selling your company and be an angel investor, or would you dump it in the SP? That was kind of the concept. Yeah. Exactly. And what this reveals is that the SP 500 or the market or the slow and steady method essentially is the preferred way at the end of it. So if you're an account executive listening to this, I think the key takeaway here is that prospecting requires discipline. And if you do it repeatedly over and over and you never deviate off the core principles, you will basically win. The get rich quick schemes of prospecting, which generally are foisted on account executives, Jamie, things like oh, here's a new tool, here's a new this, here's a new that, here's a template, etc. Those things rarely make anyone strike it rich. The slow and steady approach is what's needed to open doors consistently. And as you know, this is one of the top three challenges identified by sales leaders repeatedly, consistently on where pipeline problems start from. So that's, yep. that's the main yeah. way I look at it. I'll tell you a parallel story to that. So for years, I, I've always been very conscious of being very active, eating well, but I have one of those new super scales that tell you like bone density index and muscle index and whole bit. And I've had a goal to get under 180 pounds for years, just couldn't do it. And I get to a certain body percentage fat uh, index. Here's the thing about consistency. And I, I always tell this to sellers. You can't, uh, you can't control your sales quota. You can't control 
you know, a lot of the lagging indicators of deals closed. But what you can control are only two things. The decisions you make, like the decision to get out of bed and work hard as an example, or the decision to select account A versus account B. And then the other thing you can control are your actions and activities. So for years, I, like I do a lot of different sports. I eat well. I've tried to uh, consume less alcohol as an example. But this year was the first time I dramatically lost weight. Not dramatically, like dramatically for me. But you got to your goal weight, basically. Got to the goal weight. But yeah. I only did two things, but I did it every day. Number one, in the spring, I uh, one of my water skiing friends, uh, I noticed that when he got up in the morning, he was making shakes. So instead of me, who I ate physical food breakfast, perhaps too many calories, I was consuming maybe other like trans fats, whatever it might have been. I switched to, uh, there's protein powder, fruits, vegetables like uh, spinach, blended drink, and I don't consume any other solid food until noon. So what that did is it cut out a lot of breads that I was eating. So that was number one. Number two is I have a swim spa. Every morning I get up and I was swimming off and on. Like I'd sw I swam every day, but I maybe swam at lunch. I swam after work. And I decided to finally take the pain. And at five, I set it out at the door. I set the bathrobe, the, the bathing suit, the goggles, the whole bit. I walk out of the bedroom and I walk straight to the swim spa at 5.01 in the morning. But what that's done is I swim for a little less than a kilometer every day. And it's completely changed my metabolic rate because when you swim in colder water, you actually burn equal or more calories trying to keep warm. As and you it's waking your body up too. As you, yeah, as you do in the effort of swimming, you really notice the burn. You're you know eating breakfast and then it's an hour later and you're starving because your body is still adjusting to the temperature changes plus the energy. So. That all being said, I agree with you. I didn't have to tack in the wind and do all these crazy mojo things that I've done for years. Just needed to be consistent doing one or two things every day. So that's uh, Amar. Really like your idea. So here's uh, here's mine. And I actually told this. If you if you're following this, you might notice that I started doing a lot more live streaming on LinkedIn. And I, if you've watched it, I'm gonna kind of repeat what I had said. So I've been an entrepreneur, uh, it, I call it the modern era. So uh, I, as a sales consultant or as, a, as an enabler and consultant since January 1st, 2010. So we're now 13 and a half years into this journey. And along this journey, every time that I tried to do something that is against my natural core competency, aka build technological products, or switch off of the core ICP that we built our fame with, with Sales for Life. It was around the Chief Revenue Officer and Sales Enablement. But we learned as we built Pipeline Signals, we got punched in the face multiple times where we switched off that ICP. We built technological products that served a derivative in sales. So we called revenue operations and then started going into marketing operations. By deviating from our core skills and core competencies, we 
alienated for a couple of years. The buyer that we truly naturally serve, that chief revenue officer and the heads of sales enablement, and we had to rebuild an entire new database ICP and an entire network, which wasn't strong to begin with. Why I tell that story is I constantly meet account executives who they start their career selling to marketing. And then they get a job offer to go $10,000 more to go sell at a software company to sell into fintech. Then two years later, they jump and they sell into HR. Now you wake up in your mid-30s and you wake up in your 40s, like Amar and I are 45. And imagine I didn't already have 13 years of compounding a social network around chief revenue officers, around CEOs, around heads of sales enablement. I have 22,000 first-degree LinkedIn connections. So that when I ask for something or I want to engage a new campaign or I want to introduce a new product, I can get traction going. But if you were, you had a couple hundred contacts here, two years later, you alienate your marketing contacts and you go to HR, a couple years there, you alienate those contacts and you go to FinTech, you can't create any momentum because the real value, there's a, this concept that I, I always remember this from Robert Herchevik. You will overestimate what you can do in a year, but you will completely underestimate what you can do in a decade. Yeah. And that's the concept. It really does. Like the older that I get, the more I recognize. It takes a decade to build a great company. It takes a decade to build a strong social network. And so if you're tacking in the wind and changing it's not about changing companies or go-to-market motions or anything. It's about changing. The older I get, the more I discover the ICP. And my ICP, if I continue to serve that ICP for long and long and long enough periods of time, my network will be so robust that I can introduce new products, new go-to-market motions, new ideas, services. I just throw them into the fire that I've created around that ICP. So that's how I would take this. Yeah. And there's, there's deep lessons in what you just said for account execs or account-based sellers. Um, the more you build your, your brand online around a certain industry or topic. So I'll give you an example, Jamie. Right now, as you know, we have a massive cybersecurity customer and we're training a global team. And these folks are basically building their digital brands online to really attract the cybersecurity message. And Jamie, just a quick update for you. You don't know this, but literally within 45 days of starting social selling, um, some of their posts are hitting 10, 20,000 views. Making me jealous because I'm not doing that. Yeah. It's wild. They, they had they already had a massive network they already have you know somewhat of a they name distribution yeah yeah exactly all they needed was a little bit of horsepower from linkedin so i guess if we wrap this podcast up the key message here is this stay in the lane sounds cool it sounds sweet but it really is an ethos and there's a statement that I'm going to make, which I hope everybody agrees with. And it's very, uh, it's very descriptive of what Jamie's done in his example of, of fitness, but it's master the monotonous that no matter what your feelings are every day, some days I don't want to prospect. Some days I love prospecting. 
And whatever the feelings are, you get up, you implement your strategy, you go knock on doors. And if you do it consistently enough, you will open doors. And that's what we all want. So folks, that's it from us today. Really hope you enjoy this episode. Remember the motto, stay in the lane. And if you have any questions or if we can help you, let us know. Jamie and I are more than happy to get involved and have a conversation with you. Until then, like, follow, and subscribe. Help us get this message out to more account executives. This is the market that we are here to serve. If you're in sales, a sales leader, an account executive, account manager, et cetera, help us spread this message. This is our community and we all have to take care of it. So thanks again, and we'll see you soon on the flip side. Get more at bats. Cheers. Yeah.